Welcome to a basketball edition of Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com, your SB Nation site covering all things Ohio State Athletics 24-7, 365. My name is Matt Timonini. I'm a writer for the site. And as a reminder, you can get all of the Land Grant Holy Land goodness at LandGrantHolyLand.com, as well as on Twitter, at LandGrant33, on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and as we learned last time, Apparently we have a Pinterest board as well that's uh, occasionally updated. So check that out if you are a frequenter of Pinterest, which I'm not exactly sure what that is. Anyway, you can find me personally on Twitter at BWWMatt. It's been an up and down early season for the basketball Buckeyes with two last second losses. One to one of the best teams in the country in UVA and one to a team currently ranked in the bottom third of Division I in Florida Atlantic. Coming off the heels of a hard-fought victory over a somewhat down UConn team last Saturday, Ohio State returns to the hardwood this Saturday against the second-ranked team in the country, the mighty impressive UCLA Bruins. The team is 11-0 and knocked off the previously top-ranked Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington a couple weekends ago. They're paced by one of the best freshman classes in the country, including a point guard, Lonzo Ball, who is projected to be taken as one of the top few picks in next summer's NBA draft. This Saturday's game will tip at 3 p.m. Ohio time. It comes from Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, and is part of the 2016 CBS Sports Classic. In preparation for the game, I spoke with a friend who has a little bit more insight into the Bruins powerhouse than I do, Joe Pachowski from our UCLA sister site, BruinsNation.com. Let's take a listen. All right, joining us now is the managing editor of SB Nation's UCLA site, Bruins Nation, Joe Pachowski. Joe, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me today. No problem, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great, and I know right now as we're recording, you're seeing the Bruins beat the Tar at a UC Santa Barbara or something, right? Yeah, they're up 32-18 to 18 as, as we're, as we're uh, talking here. <laughs> well, I'm sure that that lead will only grow. So uh, as we were talking about before we kind of started recording UCLA has been on a, a bit of a tear and, and as much optimism as I think a lot of Ohio State fans had coming into this season, they're going to need a Herculean effort to kind of compete with the Bruins on Saturday. What has it been like for, for you covering and following this Bruins team so far in the 2016-17 season? Well, everyone was real optimistic because of the, the incoming freshmen. Uh, you've got Lonzo Ball, who's just been lighting up the scoreboard everywhere. You've got TJ Leaf, and then uh, you've got Ike Anagbogu. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that properly. but Good enough. <laughs> Good enough, exactly. But uh, Lonzo and TJ are the, are, the, are the two guys that have really been doing an amazing job so far this season. You've also got Bryce Alford, who's been moved from point guard to shooting guard, which is a much more natural position for him. Uh, he really wasn't a point guard, and it kind of showed when he was playing point. But Lonzo has come in, and... and his self, selfless play has kind of translated out to everybody. Everybody's passing the ball around, um, and uh, it's a world of difference from last year when the team was terrible. <laughs> I, I think your level of terrible is probably not uh, the same outside of Westwood. I think uh, a lot of people would, would kill for some of the seasons that, that Coach Alford has had out there. You know, those of us in, in the Big Ten area know – Steve Alford as a player and then as a coach at Iowa, but he's not exactly, I don't know, I don't want to speak for Bruins fans, but he hasn't been exactly well received uh, out in Westwood, but I guess coming into this season, what was the communal feelings towards the head coach before this season tipped off? Well, let's, let's go, let's go back, let's go back a few more years than that. Yeah. Um, the communal feeling from, from when he was hired 
the moment his hiring was announced, the communal feeling was that we didn't want him. <laughs> uh, for a couple reasons. First and foremost, the guy's never been past the Sweet 16. In his you know, 16 years of coaching, and you know, we're not saying that he's got to win the national championship every year by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, it would have been nice to have hired a coach who'd you know, gotten a little bit further in, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But more than that, there was a character issue. Yeah. And that's the issue that, that Big Ten fans would certainly be more familiar with from when he was at Iowa. Right. Uh, he was a uh, head coach at Iowa there for a while, and he had a player by the name of Pierre Pierce. And Pierre Pierce got accused of sexual assault and went out of his way to back up his player uh, never mind the fact that uh, there was a victim and, and there was an awful lot of stuff going on. He, he claimed that he, he was just doing what he was told to do by the, by the Iowa Athletic Department. But Bruin fans weren't buying that. Um, he never apologized publicly for his actions. He brought the victim to a prayer meeting. It just wasn't right. And he never publicly apologized uh, for his actions until he got to Westwood. And even then, it was more of a apologizing because he had to, rather than because rather than the fact that he wanted to. He's never truly made, in the eyes of many Bruin fans, he's never truly made amends for that whole incident. And so, so that got him off on the wrong foot from the get-go. He had two teams that went to the Sweet 16, um, one that probably shouldn't have been in the tournament. And then last year, you mentioned that you know some some schools might die for for what he's done. Well, last year they were under 500, and you know, frankly, it's only only the uh, it's only the third season since John Wooden took over that UCLA has been under 500. Wow! One of them was with Steve Lavin. One uh, actually it was the fourth one. Uh, one was that with Ben Howland at at the start of uh, Howland's uh, tenure at UCLA, and the third was uh, towards the end of Howland's. Uh, so it's only the fourth season under 500, and uh, under 500 doesn't cut it in Westwood. <laughs> and so uh, the fans were upset, and they wanted him gone, uh, rightfully so. And you know, ten and zero is great. You know, we're, we're, everybody's loving the way this team is playing. But the fact is, is that it's still early. Basketball seasons aren't made in December. Basketball seasons are made in March. And so, uh, by all means, Bruin fans are going to come out. They're going to support the team. But at the same time. Uh, you know, it's it's still too early to really know what's going to happen. Once we get into conference play, we'll have a much better idea. I got to be honest, you're a little more uh, uh, reserved with your expectations than I would expecting. Having watched UCLA beat Kentucky and some of the other early season games, I've been thoroughly impressed with not only how good the team is, but how well they play together, and also just how much fun it is. So much time of the time when you watch college basketball it's plotting it's methodical it's especially for us in the you know who watch a lot of big 10 basketball it's really defensive centric and uh, and ucla plays you know really good team defense but that is just such a fun team to watch that's actually been one of the areas one of the areas of concern even heading into this season is is defense and and the fact was was that all last season the team defense was horrible uh, they they couldn't keep the team in games and 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 going into you know the conference portion of the season, you know February and March, um, they just they just fell apart, and so the the biggest question mark heading into this season was defense and in fact 
it's still a question mark with this team. But what's been the saving grace through 10 games, and now, well, almost halfway through the 11th, <laughs> is, the fact that, is the fact that these guys are just lighting up the scoreboard. Right. I mean, they've been, you know, they've been averaging close to 100 points a game. And it's the offense that really has, has, has shown for, the, for them so far this season. Yeah, I guess when you're scoring 97.5 points a game, giving up 76 uh, makes it look like your defense is playing pretty well. Uh, even though you're giving up 76 points, they're still outscoring your opponents by 19. I, I think that's, people would that's take exactly it. it. I mean, the, I mean, they played some good defensive teams. I mean, they played Michigan sure. last weekend, and Michigan was came into that game ranked ninth in the country in team defense. But you know, and Michigan gave them a tough game, but uh, the Bruins still came out ahead. Yeah, I mean, they, they put up 102 points against one of the best defensive teams in the country, one that Ohio State fans know very well is a, is a tough team to score points against. Sure, absolutely, both uh, on the court and on, and on the football. <laughs> yeah, well, the spot was good. We won't discuss our football team. That's, yeah. We'll leave that for another time. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Well, looking at this team, the, the scoring is remarkably balanced. There are uh, six players that score in double figures, and you've mentioned some of the players – uh, that, that really stands out with Lonzo Ball and TJ Leaf and, and even Bryce Alford. But for Buckeye fans who maybe didn't see the Kentucky game or haven't seen this UCLA team play so far this season, what does this offense look like? If they're putting up 100 points a game, is it motion? Is it a lot of deep shooting? What is the thing that Ohio State fans can expect to see from them from an offensive standpoint in Saturday's game? Expect the barrage. I mean, it's this team will just come at you any which way they can. Fast break, they'll... they'll They'll shoot the threes. Alford's a great three-point shooter, which is why he he seems to really be fitting in well in his new role as a shooting guard. He really wasn't a point guard, but that's where he played the last three years. Um, but in this shooting guard role, he's he's actually playing great basketball, except on defense. But <laughs> well, his his defense has always been non-existent. Yeah. That's 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 the big knock on Bryce Alford. He plays terrible defense. Isaac Hamilton is another guy who puts up a lot of points. In fact, I'd predict that come the end of the season, Isaac Hamilton's going to be the leading leading scorer for the Bruins. Yeah. Not making any predictions as far as where he'll finish as far as the conference goes or nationally, but Isaac Hamilton will probably lead the team in scoring. So basically, this is a, a team that no matter who has the ball in their hands, they're going to put the ball up and they probably are going to score uh, more times than not when they have a ball in their hands. Yeah, their field goal percentage has been has been excellent. Their three-point percentage has been excellent. These guys are, are shooting lights out of them wherever wherever they're shooting from. The ball's finding its way into, into the cylinder. So if, if they have a weakness on the offensive side, you said their team defense isn't great, but they're outscoring teams by so much that it almost doesn't matter, at least it hasn't so far. From an offensive standpoint, then, do they have a weakness? If there was something that the Ohio State defense could do, Ohio State's team is made up of a bunch of players who are kind of interchangeable drill bits from 6'4 to 6'8, and they're all kind of long, wingy type players. What could they do to slow down this uh, this remarkable offensive unit? Um, Pray. That's a good. That's a good question. Nobody's nobody's really gotten gotten that done yet. That's that's the big question. Is is how do you slow down the UCLA offense? The first first person that that finds a way to do that will probably uh, have their game film watched <laughs> several hundred times because the the offense is just that good. I mean, it, it's. You've got Lonzo Ball playing point, passing the ball around, and and his selflessness has has become contagious. 
The guys are passing the ball around, getting the ball to the open shooter, and when they shoot, it's going in. Um, yeah, one of the things that if you look at the stats for, for this UCLA team, have got five players who are averaging more than two and a half assists per game. So when you can have guys at all positions averaging that many assists per game and you're averaging almost 24 assists per game, I mean, that speaks to how unselfish and how well-oiled of an offensive machine that they are. So that's really impressive. The ones exactly. I mean, they're passing. They're passing the ball around, and that's you know that's what's going to generate yeah. the assist. And the, the the only thing is, I kind of was doing a little prep work and looking at the stats. Is that they're pretty much equal in terms of the amount of turnovers they commit and how many turnovers they they create from the other team. Is that something that you've seen that maybe either is they're up by so many points, so things get a little looser towards the end of the game, or is it something in crunch time? Where they are, they do have a tendency to be a little loose with the ball as well. It's still a little early to tell on that. You know, it's just something where I can tell you, last season the tendency was that they'd come out of the locker room, they'd have kind of you know, fall into a lull, and they'd lose the game. They wouldn't be able. They, they'd try to come back, and they wouldn't. They just wouldn't have enough time to come back from mm-hmm. however down, far down they were. Uh, this season, putting up 40 points in most, at least 40 points in most halves. Um, I think there was one. I think there was one half where they didn't get to 40. But you know, it's just, it's just such a well-oiled machine that you know really hasn't yeah. mattered. You know, if if you get a team though that comes in, can come in and stop them on defense, you know they're not they're not going to be in, impenetrable. That's that's for sure. Uh, that that's that's really the key. I mean, but at the same time, it's it's something where. And they've been playing some teams with good defense. They played Michigan. They played Texas A&M. These were defensive-oriented teams, and and nobody's been able to stop them yet. And until somebody does, you know, we're riding the wave. Don't don't remind me, Joe. All right. Well, it, it, taking Ohio State out of the mix, looking at this this Pac Pac-12 season, who are the teams that maybe you see looking forward that could be a bump in the road for? UCLA's run to a, a Pac-12 title and then a potential number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Well, you got to start with with the guys across town, the Southern mm-hmm. Cal Trojans. Uh, they beat us three times last season. I'm sure that didn't go over well. It didn't fly well at all. Um, it was a, it was a major factor uh, that many uh, fans cited as to why Alford shouldn't be here this season. But they, they've got they've got to beat they've got to beat Southern Cal. They've got to win the championship of the conference, both in the regular season and in the uh, conference tournament. I think. I think they they need to they need to do both. They need to come in and assert control over the conference this year. Arizona is usually pretty good. Oregon was real good last season. We'll see. We'll see where these where these uh, you know schools lie, and and you know it's just something where in a conference like the Pac-12, it's hard to go. It's hard to go. You know, from one end to the other of the season, and you know, and end up undefeated. Yeah, this is a, get you out on this question. This is only the second game that UCLA will play outside of the state of California, and most of them have been in the uh, the greater Los Angeles region. Obviously, they went to Rupp Arena and, and beat Kentucky a few weeks ago, um, but this game is going to be played in in Las Vegas, Nevada, and in front of I would imagine a predominantly Bruin filled crowd. Although Ohio State tends to have fans at least some everywhere, so hopefully there'll be some scarlet and gray in addition. But this is a team that that seems to be a really exciting team, uh, at least from watching on television. I imagine putting up that many points really gets a crowd going, whether it's a hometown crowd or not. But if, if they're going to make this a, a another successful win against a 
I'm not going to call Ohio State a, a top quality opponent, but they're a decent team in the top, you know, 30 or so. They're a big 10 They're a power yeah, five absolutely. School. Ohio State's currently 34th in uh, Ken Pomeroy's uh, college basketball ratings. UCLA is 11th on his list somehow. I can't understand why they're not higher in that list. But Ohio State's a good team. What do they need to do to make this a, a one more quality win to propel them into their conference season? They need to, they need to play their game. They need to go in. They need to go into Vegas. They need to put up the points. Um, you know, they need to. They need to keep working on their defense. They need to. You know, they need to improve on defense. Is there something specific that you think, having watched them uh, so far this season, that that they're not doing on defense so far, or is it just a total team thing, or is it you know they're not guarding close enough on the ball, they're letting too many easy passes in? Is there anything specific that they're not doing from that perspective? That's hard for me to say. I mean, it, it's just a matter. I mean. It's really just a matter that they need to keep keep working on their defense. I mean, it's something where, you know, it's easy to sit back and say, hey, you know what, you know, uh, their defense is fine because they're you know you're beating their opponents by 20 points. But the fact of the matter is, is that is that if somebody comes in and shuts down your offense, yeah, you got a problem. Yeah, because they're still giving up 76 points a game. Exactly, exactly, and that's and that's the issue. So they've they've got to find a way to you know, hold opponents to fewer points on on the floor. That's that's just the bottom line. They've got to give up fewer points. And as far as it being a home crowd in Las Vegas, maybe. Um, but UCLA doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to traveling. The Pac-12 tournament is played every year in Las Vegas. You, know, you see, some folks from UCLA will head up to Vegas and and and, and take in the tournament, but. It's not dominating crowd that that you that you might think. Plus, I have yeah. to give Ohio State fans credit; they travel real well. It may not be quite as as travel friendly as as you know, say say a Rose Bowl game, but sure. the Ohio State the Ohio State fans will travel with their team, and it being Las Vegas, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> to see there being a lot of Ohio State fans coming out for coming out for this game. Yeah. It's something to where we're in the middle of the holiday season. You know, people may not be able to get up to Vegas, you know, for for a basketball game, you know, in the middle of December. So I wouldn't put too much stock in it being a a, a predominantly UCLA crowd. I mean, I think <laughs> sure. I mean, if you've got locals from the, from Vegas, they're a whole lot more likely to uh, you know, possibly have gone to UCLA. You'll get a lot of. I mean, when when UCLA played uh, UNLV in football in Vegas last year, there was a big crowd of, of Bruin fans. Everybody went up, uh, made a weekend out of it. They invaded Vegas, and, and everything was good. I just don't know if that's going to happen with this. Uh, it could, hmm. uh, but you know, it's also like I say, also just as possible that that you could get a lot of Ohio State fans coming in from from all over the West. Yeah, well. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, I, I hope Ohio State plays a game uh, well enough to win, but I've just been so thoroughly impressed with watching UCLA play this year. It, like I said earlier, it's just a fun team to watch. Like you said, they're shooting about 56% from the field, so if Ohio State is able to find a way to cause some turnovers and to keep UCLA's shooting percentage down, maybe they've got a chance if they can get up to that 70-75 point mark that UCLA's given. So hope I'm hoping that Thad Mata and crew can find a way to uh, keep the points at bay from the Bruins. But uh, either way, I'm just looking forward to a really exciting game. 
little bit of an update here since since we since we mentioned the fact mentioned what the score was when we started chatting here. Um, the score at halftime here is fifty four to thirty over over, over UCSB. So uh, UCLA pretty much <laughs> thumping Santa Barbara as was expected. I mean Santa Barbara's yep. one and six, but they've got a twenty four point lead going into the locker room. I don't expect that to happen on Saturday. I expect it to be a much, a much closer game. I expect you know, Ohio State to give them uh, more, uh, you know, a much, much better run for their money than, than you saw from than, than you see it from the Gauchos tonight. From your mouth to uh, Coach Wooden's ears. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of this game against the Gauchos, and uh, hopefully, we'll have at least an entertaining game for both of us on Saturday. Sounds great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. I don't know about you guys, but if Ohio State was having the type of non-conference season that UCLA is currently having. I'm not so sure that I would be as measured or as critical about the team as Joe is, so good on him, I guess. But I suppose that Bruins fans look at basketball the same way that Buckeye fans look at football. Unless the teams are winning national titles, there is always room for improvement. Okay, thanks for listening to this Ohio State basketball episode of Hangout in the Holy Land. You can find all episodes of the podcast on LandGrantHolyLand.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever you get your daily dose of podcast goodness. So for everyone at Land Grant Holy Land, I'm Matt Timnini. We'll talk to you soon, and go Bucks.